Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thank you for joining our Relief from Darkness podcast where we're having conversations with people who have walked out of various hard places in their lives and straight into freedom through Christ. So today we're going to be hearing from Gabe where he shares his struggles with low self-esteem and insecurity. So now Gabe works at a local school in Oklahoma City that serves children with special needs and he's part of the No Boundaries International Outreach Team. Overall, Gabe's main desire is to see God's glory be revealed on earth and to help other people discover their original design and purpose in Christ. Hi friends, I'm Molly and we are here today with our Relief from Darkness crew where we are continuing the conversations with people um, who are sharing how they have been set free and walked into destiny with Christ from the hard and stuck places in their lives. And we are talking about anything ranging from anxiety to depression to eating disorders or negative thoughts and just kind of everything in between because here at No Boundaries we really do truly believe that we don't have to be just in bondage to those thought processes and as we allow Jesus Christ to set us free our brains start to change and as our brains change then we change our life which is exactly what we like to do around here. So for this session, we're going to be hearing from Gabe and his experience with low self-esteem that kind of led into other things like a pornography addiction. And then we also have our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Yes, yes, I'm here. And she will be here to kind of help us understand some of the really basic neuroscience behind what goes behind low self-esteem and addiction. So... Um, to get into that, we're just going to go ahead and start off with kind of what is low self-esteem and what that looks like. And low self-esteem can be defined as when someone has a lack of confidence in who they are or what they can do. And oftentimes people with low self-esteem may really seriously doubt their decision-making processes and they can be really easily wounded by others. And, um, most of the time we'll find them that they have a really harsh inner critic. So then rather focusing on growth and improvement, they would tend to focus on not making mistakes. So with that, Gabe, can you kind of talk about your experiences with low self-esteem and what that looked like growing up? First, I just want to say uh, it's kind of crazy that the definition of that is like super spot on Mm -hmm. um, as Mm -hmm. far as the inner critic and everything. Um, But yeah, low self-esteem, I... Just definitely struggled with it through teenage years mostly. It's when it became like present and I could tell in sports and in um, and then moving into college and just trying to fit in and trying to be something that mattered or catch people's attention. But a lot of the time was just like stuck in a bubble of oh, man, I what does this look like to someone? Am I like cool and and everything? And and I think it just it made me walk in chains and not in like, especially not in like what Jesus had for me. And I didn't really understand that until um, someone started discipling me and and showed me the love of Jesus uh, just one-on-one with a buddy, Nathan. um, And he just loved me like, like a brother and (laughs) walked me through a lot of different things. So what were kind of like, the thoughts or what were kind of like the inner critic things or the things that replayed in your mind over and over again? Yeah. So 
my family, like really competitive, really sports oriented and um, just cousins, siblings, like it was all about being known and being like winning people's approval by how athletic we were and also maybe how smart we were and, and everything. And so um, it, it, and then that came, that carried over to like playing sports. And so yeah. I was like stuck in just like, you know, not performing the way a coach would want. And so that would happen and I would go home and I would even dread like going to school the next day, like just like walking past my coach in the hall because he's, he's kind of an intimidating guy, but you know, I've come to love him now and um, was going to church with him for a while, but like it was just such a shell of like myself and yeah, it was, it, it was just really tough. Yeah. So how did that, um, how did that play into your ability to connect with others or your relationships? Yeah. So I don't know. I think there was part of it was just like putting other people on a pedestal. Right. So mm-hmm. like even in the flesh. Right. So like that person is good looking or that person is really something because a lot of people like them and versus like really caring about someone just not based on what they could do outwardly. And so it kind of, you know, I really had friends that weren't the really popular people, like not that it mattered, right? I look back at it now and I'm really thankful for those friendships, but, but it made me feel like lesser than others and, and not, I mean, again, it's kind of thankful. I was, I wasn't a partier because I never felt like I was the cool guy, but it Uh saved me from a lot of torment, but still like just not where I would want to be. Yeah. As far as confidence and yeah. So with, I mean, you're kind of shedding a little bit of light on like cultural pressures and, you know, you're talking about fitting in or not going to the party or not even thinking that you'd be invited Mm -hmm. to the party. So what, how did that play into like the pornography? Yeah. So I think that was just, more so wanting to feel control, right? So like a lot of pornography and masturbation was like, you could feel like someone cared about you and then also that you were like, you had control over the situation. A Mm -hmm. lot of the time with low self-esteem, it just felt like uh, I was kind of performing, like doing, doing things to please others and not doing things because I want to love myself. And so that carries over. It's something I can control. Like I, you know, feels good in a very unholy sense, but, um, yeah, just a lot of control in that situation. And, um, yeah. And then it's like, I know Dr. Laura, what is it? What age that it's like, not if you see a pornographic image, but it's when. Yeah. And they say even in areas that we're working with kids and with the access to social media, and technology in the phone that if it's not by eight, if we haven't co- had conversations with kids by then, that the majority of people will have seen and viewed pornographic. So not if, but when. So, and so how do you deconstruct pornographic images if you start to see, when you start to see those things? Yeah. So Gabe, what um, age range were you first introduced to porn? So I got, so probably when I got my first phone would have been like seventh grade, so around 11, 12 years old. Um, and 
Yeah, I look back on it and it's kind of weird just the way I was introduced to it. I think it's, again, it's because it wasn't seen, seen as a bad thing. Like it, the world pushes that. They glorify sex and um, pursuing that coming from the understanding that Jesus doesn't want that for us. It's kind of, it's kind of weird that I, you know, even came across it just mm-hmm. why I was even searching for something like that. Um, and maybe because of movies I would watch with my dad or, or whatnot, it kind of steamrolled into that. But And then in friend groups, it's almost just like, it's so normalized. Like it's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like that is so like the culture today is just so like, engulfed with sexualizing pretty much everything i mean movies ads like we are just inundated with all of these images and then we have our kids that are you know i mean what like what are they learning so dr Lori, can you go ahead and give us some of the brain dump on just low self-esteem and then pornography and how kind of the two are interrelated Yeah, I'd be happy to. I think it's really interesting at the age and what Gabe was talking about. So I think it'd be good to review just for a second the adolescent brain. So let's do just a minute of the psychoeducation before we go into the connection and then the routine. And so the psychoeducation of the adolescent brain, we know that beginning at puberty, the brain is reshaped. And so eventually you lose about 40% of your old brain pathways. And so now we have a chemical wash of all of these hormones and adrenaline and sex hormones and all of these things that are are flooding the adolescent brain coupled with then less inhibition. And so they say the adolescent brain is like a high-performance sports car and it's fast and powerful and it takes risky turns without breaks. And so if that's what's happening internally as Gabe's brain is developing and if he's in a competitive family and engaged in sports and engaged in these other activities, then a lot of times we get our self-esteem based on how well we do or what other people say about us. Yeah. And so this is just really kind of that perfect storm in the middle of adolescence that we're not sure who we are. We're starting to develop into who am I? Who am I compared to other people? What do I like? What do I not like? What do other people say about me outside of my circle of influence with my family? as I get out and as I start to develop my own person. And then under the stress in those circumstances, then if I find a way to soothe myself or to produce these euphoric feelings with the brainwash, with the pornography and the masturbation, then this is a time that I can become highly addicted to something that'll make me feel better. And even as we break down the psychoeducation of what Gabe said, then he's not really connecting with another person in in the role that that person really is. That's somebody's daughter, somebody's sister. That's a sister in Christ. But it's actually a commodity that will produce these feelings and this euphoric feeling inside of me for a release in almost like a video game imaginative way that I can create the own storyline in my mind with the outcome, whatever outcome that I, I want. Yeah. And so who who I pick and, and the images that I see and all of that. And and so we have to know, and I think really with the resolve, is that his worth isn't based on what he does or doesn't do. 
Yeah. And his worth isn't based on what he says or doesn't say or what other people say or don't say or if he wins this sporting event or not. But his value is he's got to start with whose he is. It's not about mm -hmm. what he did. It's about what Jesus did. And then as he develops into whose he is, then he'll start to develop who he is and then what he's supposed to do. And that's the really beautiful thing. So instead of the external things that are being said, I think about that movie, The Help. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Yeah. But the the person spoke to this little girl and she said, you was kind, <laughs> you was smart, and you was important. And so we can sit and we can say those things to ourselves all day long. Yeah. But if there's not a heart connect, if it doesn't feel, if it doesn't it. saturate us, if it's not the living word of Jesus, if we have performance-based acceptance, and then if we're trying to find our value by escaping into something else, especially things during that age when your brain is developing, it can become highly addictive. And the cultural norms of porn, I think uh, it can be just really, really dangerous. And, and so doesn't it just sorry, uh, doesn't it like affect your ability to connect with others? Or isn't it like that part of your brain that's affected is your ability to connect and attach? Yes, I've worked with so many people. And they said, well, you know, before I get married, then I'm just going to utilize pornography. And, you know, I've got these these things that need to be taken care of and I can quit when I want. And then eventually they end up getting married and getting married and then being intimate with their their partner isn't the same thing. Again, it's this fantasy land or there's a storyline or there's a need that's trying to be met. And it's much more uh, it's a lot bigger need than just the sex it, itself. And so I think in the middle of pornography, it's important to get to the root of yeah, whatever the root of that pornography or that thing or that, that arousal template or the storyline or the acceptance, or it goes a lot deeper than just the sex itself. And, and I think that can lead to just a, a huge disconnect with other people. I'm going to ask you a really quick, fun question I think you're going to like. But can you talk about the brain scans of a, someone who's addicted to porn? <gasps> did you ask me to talk about I sure brain did. imaging? Oh my gosh, yes. And so I've seen, and I could show you right now, Molly Buck, but this is a podcast, so I'm not. I could show you pictures. And so the, the question is, and so ultimately Gabe's going to be discipled and he's going to go by kingdom culture and kingdom values, not worldly culture. And so, but the, the cool thing is, is that from a neuroscience standpoint, we can take an image of a brain, a regular brain. And so your brain is a three pound mass a of butter. like soft, oh. soft butter, Molly, <laughs> soft butter. And it's nice and kind of plump, if, if you will. <laughs> and then you move over to an image of a cocaine brain or a brain that's on porn and you can see holes and craters and crevices. It's not that soft, plump butter, it's like a but Grand literally, Canyon. yes, it really decreases from particular areas of your brain and it literally changes. And so at that point, it's become an addiction issue. And just say no, a lot of times doesn't lead to a walkout. So then with that, um, Gabe, what was the walkout process for you for pornography, but then more uh, deeply, like the root of low self-esteem, like what did that process look like and how did Jesus meet you in it? Yeah. So uh, starting with maybe the pornography walkout, it was pretty quick, but I just had, again, um, some buddies that, that cared enough about me um, 
to just sit down and talk about the right way to to view women and just others and and not so much in a maybe a consumer type yeah. mentality as far as like objectifying and trying to pursue in order to claim but more so in just caring for and tending to and and so I just had some guys pray for me one night like I think I brought it out into the light which is obviously mm-hmm. so powerful because Satan wants us to keep everything hidden and and feeling like maybe we're the only ones struggling with this or um, that or that other guys that have been so like following Jesus for so much longer like don't like they just seem so much higher than me that they wouldn't understand or yeah. again because that's this low self-esteem is like oh they're not going to care for me enough to like even want to pray for me but I did have two buddies and an elder at the church I was going to that I was in, you know, his house one night and he, they got on their knees and prayed mm-hmm. for me. And it's just like wow. that, like, yeah. I remember that so clearly, but it, and it just clicked. Like I never, it's been three years, a little over three years since then and never struggled with it since. Wow. Um, obviously the process is still kind of still going through it and lust is still like maybe, occasionally an issue but uh, not in the crazy sense that it was yeah Um, and then low self-esteem was just I don't know beginning to express myself I was volunteering at a food bank for a while in Stillwater and and just like once I started like realizing that one I wanted to care for these people that were coming to the food bank and also that I just had this freedom like I was wearing costumes hats and stuff and like that's who I was and like just knowing that it i can offer people the same kind of freedom that jesus and others offer me other like christians like it's been kind of going since then and i think still struggle with i was just thinking about it today just like how maybe i stop myself from maybe worry about what i say a little bit too much or or different things but just like the progress that's been made is Mm -hmm is so phenomenal. Yeah, that's incredible. Lori. Wow. What's the, um, can you use kind of like the CPR for walking out of this? I think it's really good. Let's do two CPRs. Let's do real quick about low self-esteem and then we'll do the, how to deconstruct porn. With a can do. With a can do, because we all can do. And so with low self-esteem or wanting value, or we're all created with this need for significance that we're supposed to do something. If we have Christ inside of us, then that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And it's not just for us, it's for the world. And so we're supposed to bring his kingdom. And I love what Gabe talked about then doing something outside of himself, volunteering outside of himself. We all need a project that we need to be involved in that it'll matter if we show up or not. And it's an expression of us. So we could be fully present, fully alive and fully us. And so if it's, if we like to dress up in costume or if we're very expressive or whatever that looks like. So we've got to find that outlet where it really matters if we show up or not. And being a part of something that's bigger than ourselves gives us a value because the enemy just takes and twists just a little bit some of our superpowers. And so Gabe was meant to be connected. He is meant to be expressive. He brings joy and he brings fun. And so if the enemy then can whisper to him or he feels stifled, or if it's, if it's not something to advance the gospel of the kingdom, 
then it, everything gets just a little bit twisted. And so I think then as he connected with a group or something outside of himself, knowing that then his brain has a tendency to go back to him. Did I say the right thing? Did I do anything weird? Did I kind of that navel gazing as he's looking at others or looking at Christ and who Christ says he is, then he can actually change his routine by what he focuses on and actually Mm. change that. So it's not about what people, again, say about him, his performance, but it's about him being free to be him because Christ has given him freedom and set him free. And then it's about the scriptures, about whose he is and what Jesus says he is. And so that's kind of the quick CPR of walking out of low self-esteem because we can tell somebody, oh, you did a good job. But if he has low self-esteem, then he'll filter it through the inner critic. Yes. And he won't he won't buy into it. And so he could have really done an amazing job and everybody says good job. But then his filter says, oh, no, or I could have done or. And so, again, disciplining our mind, knowing that that's the the lowest point and that we have to have uphill habits and and really re- retrain and reprogram our brain with what we're willing to think about in our routine. Yeah. And then I do want to make mention of, and Molly mentioned it as well, in our community, we have a can-do approach to porn. And I think it's really brilliant. Gabe actually mentioned some of his walkout with porn in the can-do model and probably didn't even know it. Yeah. And so... When our kids, and this is really important for us to tell and to share with our community and with our kids, and it's males and females. So the latest stats are over 70% of evangelical Christian men who attend church on a regular basis are looking at porn on a regular basis. You say who attend church even? Yes. So evangelical men attending church. So they're looking at porn on a routine basis and over 30% of females. And these are just the self-reported and just some really quick Barna research studies. And so this is a lot, and this is an addictive issue that will destroy relationships. And so the can do approach is that if I see something that I shouldn't, and I want to take it back even one step before porn is if there's a movie or if there's something that I'm seeing, that's actually activating things inside of me, that's not pushing me towards Christ or will stir that thing up or activate something inside of me, I need to be really careful with what I watch and what I don't watch. And so the eye gate actually produces images inside of our brain with brain changes with what will be stimulated by, what will be aroused by. And if there are things that are arousing us, then we need to, on the can do part, we need to see close the image. And then what, what Gabe did is he acknowledged is the A is acknowledgement with people Because the devil's playground is secrecy and shame. Mm -hmm. And especially around sexual sin, there is so much secrecy that there has to be covered with lies and shame that people won't know. And so eventually the lying and even that separate identity that we create because we're lying or or that underlying thing with and especially coupled with low self-esteem and shame that people don't really know me if they knew what I did, if they knew what I was looking at. So we have to acknowledge it with trustworthy people. Yeah. And then the N in the can-do approach is that we have to give it a name. So that is a person and on pornography that more than likely had to sit in buckets of ice water that was asked to do something that's not natural, that is actually abuse and demoralizing. And that person has a name. She's a child of God. She's a sister. She's a whatever, or he And so that wasn't the original design. That's what that person was not created to be objectified 
for self-gratification and to be consumed and then disposed of. And so that's the N that we actually name. The D is that we need to do something else. So we're going to have to order our brain. We're going to have to change that cycle. So once I see it, I close it, I acknowledge it, I name it. Then when my brain goes back to that, I need to have some real serious conversations with Jesus and I need to separate from me anything that was taken or anything that I put on or I need to do something else so that those visual images and those that thing that stimulated my body and activated my sex drive doesn't become activated. That thing needs to be broken off of me by me doing something else. And then finally, I have to order my brain that I'm not going to think about that. I need to, to order my brain and to do whatever I need to to break the habit. And again, the longer the habit, the storyline, a lot of times it's not just actually uh, the initial release. It's actually this pattern or these cycles that mm-hmm. led up to that. Yeah. And so I need to order my seemingly unimportant decisions, whether it be in the morning or at night that I'm looking at porn or when I'm lonely or I'm trying to to just release some tension or I'm bored. Usually everybody has a different storyline. And in the middle of that storyline, then what's the storyline with the arousal template? And so the porn producers know that our brain likes novelty, our brain likes, uh, especially male brains, are geared towards then the hunt or the conquer or the particular thing that I'm looking for, but it's just like with any drug, then if it's not grabbed a hold of and healed through, then one thing will lead to another. And then I could end up finding myself in child porn or illegal activity or all kinds of those things because it just gets really dark and fast. And things that you never like thought that you'd be. I mean, we've, you know, heard from people that they didn't even think they would be there. Yeah. I have guys come in all the time and they've just gotten arrested and they said, do you see me on the news? And, and I usually don't watch the news, but they'll say, I can't believe this happened. And how come I didn't know? And I say, well, The Bible is really clear about the parameters. You're supposed to think about things that are pure and praiseworthy and noble and just and right. And pornography is not any of those things. So the consequences of sin, and we don't really think about that, but the consequences of sin is death. And we're literally killing our brain or we're causing brain damage by the things that are coming into. And then with the wash of chemicals, with the release in the sexual release is, is a, like a drug and a high. And so it's a really beautiful story how Gabe talked about with the acknowledgement and the accountability and then he was able to walk out of it. And that's it. We get into this into this cycle of like if you're struggling with low self-esteem and then you have the outlet of pornography and it, which just reinforces the low self-esteem and then you're just stuck in that kind of like cycle. So thank you, Dr. Lori, for giving us really practical tools to break those things. And so Gabe, um, just like if it's been a walkout process with still struggling with inner critic or things like that, like what are some really practical things that you do or that you switch your mind to think about whenever you start being harsh on yourself or whenever you start, you know, wondering like, what if I could have said this or should have said that? Is there any like scripture or just truth you go back to? Yeah. So I've been super fortunate to have a lot of close buddies chasing after Jesus and like willing to talk about 
basically anything. Yeah. Um, but then like when I'm alone too, like just, I think kind of pointing to like what Lori talked about is like what I'm feeding myself. Like, yeah, again, it's, you don't necessarily want to run to something to like distract you from an inner critic or, or the voice that's like lying to you. But, um, yeah, just making sure like I'm in the word or making sure I'm worshiping and listening to some music. I'll rock out to some music. Cause, yeah. <laughs> Cause like, that's how I express myself a lot of times is in dance and just in like praying and, uh, so those are some practical ways. There's not really a specific verse or anything that um, that sticks out, but but again, like making sure, like like if we come to the light, like he's the light, mm-hmm. and so in him, like we can see clearly just things that are wrong, things that are false about ourselves, and yeah, um, yeah, and then where before it would have been like, if I proclaimed I'm kind, I'm good, I'm, I'm awesome. Right. Like without Jesus, it would have meant nothing. But now I can say those things over myself. And I, I love to tell people to do like, that's your identity is, is like a son of God, an heir, a co-laborer, like all of those Mm -hmm. things. Because a lot of the time we still like to stick with the shame of what we've done Mm -hmm. or mistakes we've made. And that's not, that's not anywhere that's not, near who we are. Right. And that's putting the spotlight so much on ourselves. Like yeah. when like he's up there and um, yeah, it's just, it's not about ourselves. It's about glorifying him. And it's like, we could just wear that. Like he's like, when, like we wear his righteousness and we mm-hmm. wear his holiness. Mm-hmm. So we can just look at it and be like and repent and receive truth and receive true identity and then live it out our lives from that place, like then we don't have to be stuck in those cycles. Mm -hmm. So if you, if someone was listening and they were like, oh man, I really struggle with low self-esteem or I'm in probably the middle of a walkout of a pornography addiction, what would you say to them? Yeah. So again, just like having people to talk with it. Like I know guys that because they've had, you know, just there's different ministries of um, like older guys have struggled with it. Just having like almost like Alcoholics Anonymous, just like bringing, bringing that to the light, bringing that to a group of guys. And um, yeah, it's so easy to be isolated nowadays. COVID really helped like just keep people to themselves and, Mm -hmm. and that's not, what the body of Christ is meant to be. And so uh, just pushing through the fear of like, Oh, no one cares about me enough to want to listen or they're not, they've not gone through a similar thing or they're holier than me, whatever. Um, Your problem matters. Like you, like Jesus has so much more for you and he, and he cares about you. Like he's right there. And sometimes you might not be able to hear him or see him, but um yeah, just talking with them. It seems like so difficult, like, but looking at like the reality of my life and the way things have changed so quickly, like those are just the most practical yeah. things I can say is just try to read the word, fill yourself with good, holy things yeah. and um, have dudes to talk with. Yeah. Bring it to the light. And They're girls light. too. Sorry. I mean, like I, we were talking cause I'm a guy, but obviously Lori's saying like girls can struggle with similar things, especially a little self-esteem. Yeah. You know, it's not about winning everyone's approval. 
It's about having people that like being having people that care about you, putting putting that community around yourself to lift you up instead of tear you down. Yeah, and just being around community that's going to just continually point you to identity in Christ. Like, because it's so different, you know, how Lori was saying, like, you can have a whole bunch of people saying, you did awesome, you're great. But to have people pointing you say, ask Jesus how that went. Mm. And like, ask Jesus how he felt when you did this. And that way you're just hearing directly from Jesus. And when it's, it's crazy, when he says something, it just is like, it just seals it. And so if we could just practice even training our brains to go directly to him for all approval and all like, mm-hmm. did I do everything that I was supposed to do? And just checking it with him rather than all the external, because it's not going to matter how many people tell you you do great or any of those things. And then, and then with porn, like I know that it says like the times for the body of Christ, like when you immediately think, Oh my gosh, I need to s- not tell anyone like, Something needs to fire in your brain that says, hold on, actually, I need to go tell a solid group of safe people (laughs) right now, (laughs) right now, Mm -hmm. like immediately, like that should be code word in your brain for, hey, go tell, tell. like get in your community and figure that out. So Dr. Lloyd. Yes. Any parting thoughts? Absolutely. There are always parting thoughts. So I like this saying, I heard this saying recently, it said, do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And so what if we've created brain damage with the things that we've thought about or the things that we've seen or the things that we've done? And what about if we have to starve those old pathways and make new pathways? What? That changes everything. And so I think about every thought that we have. It said to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So every thought that we have, we can take it and we can say, now, does that sound like that's a thought from Jesus? Or does that sound like it's a thought from the accuser? Wow. And so if it's not pure and edifying, if we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind or to choose this day who you will serve, is that thought glorifying Jesus or is that the the thought from the accuser? As we start to acknowledge and start to recognize those things, I think we're going to be seeing how we've been kind of duped and that this is an area that the enemy really uses that we allow based on what we thought and what we partnered with to really just to kill, steal and destroy and to take us out of our destiny. And so in the middle of all that, we can look at the scriptures and I can memorize. So I was fearfully and wonderfully made that I am the salt and the light and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But that's a head knowledge. That's my cognitive thought process. And even the devil knows the scripture. Mm -hmm. But what about then if I would activate the middle part of my brain where I feel and where I have sensations and kind of the eye of my heart, that's your limbic system. And a way to activate that is at the end of the day, then to go in meditation with Jesus, to be curious about the scriptures and curious about what he thinks and ask him, Questions like, so Jesus, what did you like doing with me today? Or Jesus, how are you happy with me? Mm-hmm. Or Jesus, what do you think about me? And then start to activate and imagine ourselves like we imagine the gospel in our mind's eye and then imagine him with us and what he likes about us. And so again, we're starving old pathways and we're building new pathways. So 
Would that mean that if we participate in starving old pathways and forming new pathways that we are actually physiologically changing our brain? Yes, Molly Buck. And if you change your brain, then you change your life? Absolutely. So what I'm hearing from today's session is that low self-esteem can be totally gone whenever we get our identity and our worth and our value straight from Father God himself. And then what I'm hearing is the brain damage that's been caused from if we're watching pornography or if we're in pornography and masturbation, that those things can also be healed as we starve the old pathways and focus on what he's saying to us and meditating on the things that are good and praiseworthy and right and lovely and just, correct? That's right. So with that... Thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness. And thank you, Gabe, for being so vulnerable and sharing. And thank you, Dr. Lori, for being here for our brain dump portion. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.